millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In 2013, 20-year-old Joseph Rainey died in hospital. Ten days after he'd attempted to take his own life in a Hyde-Bankwood detention centre. What I find most poignant and upsetting about Joseph's last day on this planet are the circumstances of his final hours. In February 2020, as Joseph's family wept in the public gallery of Belfast Coroner's Court, a jury delivered their unanimous verdict. That errors or omissions by both the prison service and the health trust contributed to Mr Rainey's death. The findings were six institutional failures and transfer to and reception at prison three institutional failures in the healthcare interview on his arrival, six institutional failures in terms of lack of care and failure to implement previous recommendations. This amounts to perhaps the most serious inquest verdict that we have seen in Northern Ireland's history. Documentary maker Sean Murray has captured the tragic story of the controversial death and custody in the short film My Name is Joseph. This young lad was basically thrown to the wolves uh, with people who should have had a, a, a duty of care to look after. I'm Alison Morris and in this episode of The Bell Tell, Sean Murray is with me to discuss what drew him to the tragic case and the role documentary filmmakers can play in highlighting such stories of injustice. Welcome Sean. So my name is Joseph, which is your, your latest film. It's a very short film, but incredibly harrowing. Um, can you tell me how you became involved in telling Joseph's story? Yeah, well, I was approached by Professor Phil Scraton. Uh, Phil Scraton and, and I have become great friends over his last number of years. And uh, short films is not something that, that, that I'm currently doing because I'm, I'm involved in a number of features, which will take me through to probably the end of next year. Uh, but it, it, it told me about the story, which instantly was, was harrowing. Uh, asked me would I, would I come and meet Joseph's parents, which, which I did do. Uh, and and we we talked about it the best way of of kind of you know platforming the, the story to a wider audience, and for me uh, I think a short story was that uh, I, I told them that if the if the film was in, impactful enough that I'd think it would make a, a good broadcast documentary documentary which it, it will do I've, I've no doubt it will, but first of all uh, what is impactful about a short film uh, and the film's only twelve minutes is that it can be an effective lobbying tool for the family. We've seen this happening already, that there's been a freedom of information request put in after Joseph's death, including a response from the prison service, based on the fact that the film has been released. So uh, it has given 
instant comfort to the family. I think we're only at the beginning of that journey, but I think that the film will, uh, it's, it's first film festival, it won Best Documentary. But I think that we'll, we'll, we'll gradually see greater success for that film and, and have a wider impact on, on the family story. So, I mean, I touched on a bit at the start, but Joseph was arrested. He was taken into police custody and they immediately recognised that he was a very vulnerable adult and he was at risk. And the problem seems to have arisen when he was transferred from police custody to prison custody. Um, you just go through some of the red flags that were missed in terms of his transfer at that time. There was a letter, wasn't there, that was sent with him when he was sent to the, the prison service to say that this young man was suicidal? Yes, well, I have to, the, I have to firstly say that the when, when Joseph was first arrested by the PSNA, everything was done uh, according to how it should have been. This was an issue from when Joseph had left uh, Musgrave uh, and, until he eventually got the head back and there it got worse from, from when he was in head back. So basically the letter that is sent from the PSNA wasn't open once he got the head back. Uh, and just the detail, uh, after a 10-day inquest into all these matters in February 2020, there were six institutional failures on transfer to and reception at prison, three institutional failures in healthcare interview on his arrival, six institutional uh, failures in lack of care and failure to implement previous recommendations. So so basically when Joseph got the head back, all these failures, and, and if I reflect back on what Phil Scraton had said in the film, it's the most damning verdict for a single case that has ever been seen uh, on record in the North. That's that's how bad this was. It's, it's a serious indictment to the prison service. This young lad was basically thrown to the wolves uh, with people who should have had a, a, a duty of care to look after him. Yeah, and the, the inquest was held in front of a jury, which is quite unusual. It only happens in exceptional circumstances because of the amount of, of failings in his case. He was also, at the time, he told a nurse, didn't he, that he was thinking of hanging himself with bed sheets, and also asked for a phone call with the Samaritans. That's it. I mean, there there are numbers. There there are, there are a number of things that happened. I mean, to say to a nurse that you're going to hang yourself with bed sheets. Then, of course, uh, what had happened after that was that he asked for a pen and paper. Uh, he was seen writing a suicide note. He was seen on the phone. I think it was for nine minutes to the Samaritans. All these things had happened, and then he was then allowed to hang himself. With, with beds. It's, it's, it's an extraordinary story. And as I said, a, a dominant indictment of an institution that should have been there to help and look after that young lad. The Rainey family obviously participated in, and wanted you to make this documentary, as did Professor Phil Scraton, who you've mentioned. People listening would probably know him best from the, the Hillsborough Independent Panel and his work there. But he also does quite a lot of work, doesn't he, with deaths in custody. I think he's the joint author of uh, the book In the Hands of the Law. Um, how important was his input in getting you to take this on a, as a project? Well, anyone who knows Phil Scraton knows he's a tireless worker, uh, a tireless advocate for human rights. He's just, and when I say tireless, he just finishes one project and he's saying to me, he's going to take a bit of time out. But then he's right on, him and his, his, his partner Dina are right on to the next project. And, and when I say that, you know, Dina doesn't get enough, <laughs> enough praise. Dina's the man behind, or the, the, is the, 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 not only the woman behind Phil Scraton, but a, a serious academic in her, in her own right also. But I've never seen... Uh, I've never seen people like it for, for, for constantly just taking on projects and, 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 and publishing work that is just invaluable to, to human rights within, within our own society, you know. 
Yeah, in terms of the, the, the transfer, that period when he left police custody, who clearly had identified him as a very vulnerable adult and had sent a letter along with him to the prison so that they could be aware of the fact that they believed that this young man was at risk of self-harm. That was all completely missed when he arrived at Haybankwood Detention Centre. Um, have you just go through some of the, the failings? I know there was numerous failings, but some of the failings that happened on that day, because between his arrest, his appearance in court and the time when he was remanded in Haybank, he was there less than it was less than twenty four hours before he was he was found in a cell hanging. Yeah, so if I can just bring you back, so at the time of Joseph's arrest, he he said uh, when he was in Musgrave that he suffered from the from the price and it felt suicidal. This was recorded at Musgrave Custody Suite, and he was deemed not fit for interview until two days later. Following his appearance at Laganside Court, he was sent to Hyde Bank, where documents from the police station confirming Joseph was suicidal were not read. Instead, a reception officer with no training in suicide awareness later said he relied on his own observations of new committals rather than relevant documentation. Then, when entering the committal landing, the documents were not read again. During the committal interview, nor, nor were the past to the healthcare staff, as should have been the case. A nurse uh, then initiated a support prisoner at risk, which is called a SPAR document, when Joseph uh, reported it. Uh, and, and had said to the nurse, actually, I might kill myself with my bed sheets. Despite the prison service's suicide and self-harm uh, uh, protection policy, dictating that a SPAR initiator, initiator should remain on duty until a keep safe interview was completed, the nurse left the prison and the interview was carried out by an officer with no previous knowledge of, uh, of the prisoner. You know, this interview subsequently lasted, I think it was about 70 seconds. And less than one hour later, Joseph asked for the Samaritan's number. And to be able to make a call, which after a delay in access took place and lasted around nine minutes, shortly afterward, then Joseph is observed writing uh, a suicide note uh, in his cell. So you, you have all this happening just after he arrives at Hyde Bank. And it's, as I said before, it's just an indictment of, of, of a, a mass failure within, within the, that particular institution. A young man asks, could I speak to the Samaritans? He spends 14 minutes on the phone with the Samaritans and immediately after that says, can I have a pen and a piece of paper? And at no point did anyone think this is very strange behaviour. You know, this is something that requires further observation. It's to think and, you know, and, and, you know, as I'd said, the, the, the short film is 12 minutes and we have, you know, all this information is detailed within the 12 minutes, but... To see Joseph Parrott speaking, to see Professor Phil Scraton laying these out along with Nal Murphy laying uh, these, these failures out, it's, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. And as you said, there's there's so much information and it really squeezed into that 12-minute documentary. But you really think that this story, and I mean, anyone just listening to this would hear that, that it warrants a full, full-length documentary, a full investigation into what happened and what went wrong with not just Joseph but with the prison prison service in general. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I have no doubt that that, that after uh, uh, some of the, the the wider broadcasters that see this documentary, that uh, be sure to 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 see a broadcast representation of the 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 wider issues within the prison service. So you probably got to know the sort of I suppose the essence of, of Joseph. What kind of a lad was was Joseph Rainey? Well, Joseph was like many young people from um, an impoverished part of Belfast. Uh, he was a young lad from, from West Belfast. He got caught up, as his parents said, with the wrong crowd, got involved in uh, you know, drug-taking, a bit of, bit of mischief-making, 
and he became gradually estranged from his mother and father because of the drugs and stuff like that. Moved to North Belfast, Zardoin, in effect. But as his father said in the film, like, you know, they were, they, they, every time that they were seeing him, which is more, was more was, was left off, less often, he was seen with missing teeth. He was taking a bathroom from, you know, other criminals within, within the community. And he's just becoming a lost cause. And they tried everything. Uh, and we've seen this in many cases where the, their parents, he came from a good family. They tried everything to bring him back into the fold. And eventually, at last, it, it, it was, uh, it, it led to, to, to his death in the Hagebank. But, you know, we are quick to dismiss young people like this. And, and, and they're caught in a cycle. And I think my name is Joseph expresses this, this sentiment that we're, we are too quick to judge and that it could, it could be anybody's child. He was always, always full of life, full of beans, always wanting to be out with his mates, just having a laugh from no age at all. In school, he was always involved in all the school plays, all activities in school, always well thought of in school. And just in general, he was just a real lovable kid. Um, in terms of the the family, I think one of the most difficult things and when I watched the, the documentary was Joseph's mother reading out his last words. Um, that suicide note, when were the family made aware that he had written a suicide note just before he had to take his own life? Uh, well, Alison, I stand corrected in this, but I'm, I, I'm fairly sure that it was a considerable time afterwards uh, that they received that note. And, and that in itself is, is, is just something. And as you say, reading that note out at, at the end of the film is just, it's, it's heartbreaking. Uh, and you don't, you know, and, and, and no one can watch that film without having empathy and thinking of, of, of their own children when, when they see that, you know. So this is a couple of words from Joseph's, this is Joseph's last words, tell his family. Mummy, I love you two bits. Don't let this upset you, please. Stay strong for Granny and the child, Mummy. I really love you, Ma. It's not far on you coming and visiting me all my life in jail. Don't let this get you down. Me and Granda will look after yous. We will always be watching yous all. Love you to bits. I'll help as best I can from above. Have a good life, Mummy. Love you all to bits. It's this sort of desperation in the words because he seems to genuinely think I would be better not in this world my family would be better if I wasn't in this world and that's the part that I thought was so sad because this young lad thought he had no other options and yet he had told so many people what way he was feeling and no one seemed to be listening to him. That's exactly it uh, and you know I'm sure like yourself uh, Alison we're, we're you know the communities that we come from have a, a, a very high uh, suicide rate and there are many cases where I've seen you know similarly that, that kids that you, you, there's obvious ways out, but you you just don't know what's going on inside their young heads, and 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 they're left like like young Joseph really. The inquest system was really important for the Rainey family because they got not justice in a way, but they got the truth in terms of um, Joseph's last day. 
he didn't die immediately though, did he? He was taken to the hospital and it, it took 10 days, was before he was in on life support. But he remained what is known as a death in custody because he was in custody throughout that time, isn't that correct? That's correct, yeah. And I think one of the more harrowing stories which isn't in the film, and, and this is why I think there's much more to tell, which I, I don't want to go into too much because I think a broadcast documentary is, is, is the space for it. But, I mean, this, this young man was, was in the hospital being guarded. Now, he was more or less clinically dead for, for many days afterwards and he was being guarded by prison officers. Now, you think of that's your son, that you're in hospital, a time that you'd be there for the family to spend probably your last days with your child and there, there are prison officers there guarding his, 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 his young life. It, it's just, it's, it's incredible. Now, that's not to say that those prison officers were responsible for this because I know, speaking to the family, that they, 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 those, those prison officers didn't want to be there, but it's, it's, it's the institution, you know. Why did this happen? Why should any family have to go through that? What next for the Rainey family? Obviously, this isn't the end of the story. The inquest gives them the answers they need. It also, um, and I'm sure what they were hoping was it didn't help them, but it won't bring Joseph back, but maybe it would stop another child dying in a, a similar circumstance. But what next for the, the Rainey family? Well, I'd spoken to, to Joseph's father yesterday, Tom, uh, and what, what I'd said is that, you know, this I always see these things as a, a triangle of advocacy. So you have the legal team, then you have the academics or researchers, and then you, you have myself. So we have fulfilled making the, the film. Uh, we've already began to see how this film can be an effective lobbying tool for the family. Uh, and based on the fr- freedom of information request that we have just received, uh, along with a response by the prison service, we can, we can now lobby uh, a number of journalists and, of course, government ministers and start to affect proper chains and make sure that what happens, Joseph Rennie, can never happen again. Um, obviously, this wasn't an isolated incident and the motivation of the family is to ensure this doesn't happen to anybody else again in terms of, of death and custody. That's what you hope that this, this film will help achieve. So based on the, the freedom of information request that I detailed earlier, there were also systemic failures in staff training, suicide awareness, essential documentation and the observation of prisoners at risk. Now, with those systemic failures, we can apply that to wider prison service. And as I had said, this can lobby uh, the prison service for any future uh, actions that they need to take to, to make sure that, that this doesn't happen to anyone within the prison service ever again. It's a, it was a, a difficult um, story to tell, Sean. I can understand how you became really invested in that. And I do think it's important that we keep on telling these stories. And, and as you said, my name is Joseph is because Joseph's name should be remembered. And I hope that, you know, the film has done it justice. Um, and thanks very much for joining me because I think it's really important that we continue to tell these stories. Thanks very much for having me, Alison. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. 
Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code Program.